Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Now, technology makes salon business easier, but sometimes it isn't helping as much as it could be. We must watch out for the major pitfalls. It's safe to say that with the increase of time spent online, the demand for salon owners being present everywhere digitally is at an all-time high. After all, people want to search, connect and book with you in a way that fits in with their busy lives. Clients book their lives online while in the car, while they're at a meeting, on the beach, while they're on the phone to somebody else. So I ask you, are you doing all that you can do to make it easy to do business with you and your salon? In this episode, I'm talking to salon industry software giant, Ryan Baker. Ryan will share some of the best insider industry expert tips on all things ranging from the effects the internet has had on the hair and beauty industry to online marketing tactics and the client experience before be sure to tune in to this episode to hear it. Thanks for joining me Ryan on the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Super pleased to have you back. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Now, not everyone who's tuning in uh, knows who you are or how we know each other. So let's just start with who are you anyway? And um, <laughs> how did you get to be doing what you're doing? So my name is Ryan. I'm the co-founder and CEO at Timely. Timely is a salon software system. Um, you and I have probably known each other for about almost eight years now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been a while. Um, I live in New Zealand with my family. Um, and between the business and the family, there's not much more to say about me, I suppose. The business has grown really quick, <laughs> really quickly. Uh, over eight years, we have 12,000 customers. Uh, we have almost 90 people on our team now. Um, and the family has grown as well. I have four sons. Um, <laughs> so between those two things, doing their growing, um, there's not much room for much else. Now, you and I met, like you said, about uh, eight years ago, and uh, Timely was a, a round one, maybe a little bit older, I forget now, but um, I was, I remember when we clocked over a thousand customers, Yes. and I came on board and joined your amazing team, um, a really transformational experience for myself, but I was number 11, and now you've yes. got 90, yes. so that's amazing, that's a, a, a very fast uh, growth for any industry. Yeah, it is fast and, you know, it's humbling as well. Um, it's not just the number of people we have, it's the, you know, the quality of those humans, um, you know, being able to put together a team of people that you enjoy working with and, and learn from, um, it's pretty special. Um, I feel really privileged with what we've been able to do. So, um, yeah, still pinching myself a little bit, but, uh, there's also a lot of work to do. So we, uh, we keep ourselves occupied. Uh, I feel really privileged to have spent time with you because it was uh, a unique opportunity for me to work for a CEO. Having been um, the employer always previously, it was really great to come and be part of a team. And I learned a lot from you and how you ran a team. And it was really congruent with the way that I like to run a business. It's very much being part of a family. 
but that's not the topic I want to talk about today. I actually want to talk about something that's bigger, um, a bigger, wider topic, and something that's close to my heart, as is yours, because it's centred around uh, your the, the ability that you give people to uh, serve clients, right? Yes. And you have this unique perspective of uh, a wide industry view, but also coming from previous industries, you've got this, uh, I don't know, this third-party look on the whole industry, and you've seen other industries transition with software around the booking experience and, and I really want to um, I really want you to share that perspective because it's an important one and looking forward it's going to be important for the industry to know what's happening in terms of technology and how it's going to affect us in the future. Yeah I think you've written a couple of blog posts right on uh, on client experience and who owns a client and, and, and all those good things. Yep for sure. Um, you know we're, I'm in a fortunate position uh, you know, with that growth and um, with the, the view we have across the industry to, uh, to kind of look at things and um, look at the data and see a few trends and in, in, in what's going on. Um, there's a topic that's been around for a long time around who owns, who owns a client relationship and normally it focuses on the owner of the salon and their staff and the hairdressers there if they, if they do have um, staff. And you know what happens, for example, if the if the staff would leave um, to set up their own uh, salon or go and work somewhere else, and that's a, a really important topic. It's you know it's been around for a while because it's important um, to get that right. Um, but there's a bigger sort of change and a, and a new twist, I think, on that whole story, which um, is driven by technology. Which, um, as a nerd myself, is something that I'm 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 pretty interested in. So, you know, technology. Um, if we kind of zoom right out, it's quite new still. You know, the, um, all of the stuff we're using, the internet, you know, 20-ish years old in the mainstream, um, smartphones and, um, you know, the, the app ecosystem is all pretty new. So, um, you know, this is a relatively new twist uh, in the whole mix. And I think, you know, salons in general uh, they succeed by providing an amazing client experience and by having regular, loyal, repeat customers. And I think in some ways, technology is helping with that, but in a lot of ways, it's making it harder. And I think you know, it's really useful to talk about things that technology is doing for us that's making life harder uh, mm -hmm. as well. And I think we miss that sometimes. We're so busy enjoying uh, the freedom and making life easier. But um, I do want to hear about how it is about to make life a little bit harder for us, maybe. Talk to us a bit more about that. Yeah, I suppose all of the things that come on the box for for tech as a thing is is that it's going to make our lives easier and um, things faster and less stressful. But uh, if you look at a few examples, um, you know, social media is amazing. It helps us stay connected. Uh, it gives us a place to showcase the the work we do um, and have some fun. But man, it can hurt a business, a small business. Um, you know, if you get a, a customer who wants to make life hard for you and leave bad reviews. Um, you know that sort of thing is is costly both both in terms of your kind of reputation, brand reputation, but it's distracting, right? It's like it's hard to focus on you and your life and your clients when you've got things like that happening um, in the background. And so that's something that you know wouldn't have happened 20 years ago, and it's a new challenge for us. Um, E-commerce is another great example. You know, um, you know big online retailers have made it really easy, easy for us to buy a whole lot of stuff that we probably don't want or need um, from anywhere in the world um, and have it delivered to our door. Um, but that means 
uh, it's harder to sell retail in the store, right? Um, and everybody wants to buy everything cheap. Uh, everything wants everything at cost price. And what's the point of selling retail product at the price that you paid for it? Um, so, you know, these are, these are examples of where technology is, is, you know, both in some ways making things easier, but at the same time, I think overall for the industry, for the hair and beauty industry is, is presenting some challenges as well. So let's talk about those. Um, you make an, a comparison around uh, the hotel industry and how they've suffered from, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, booking on the marketplace and mm -hmm. um, becoming a, a price war almost, price and availability war. Um, what do we? What can we expect to see in that same space for the hair and beauty industry, or is it already happening? Yeah, it's kind of been happening for a while. Nobody's really nailing it yet, and I think there's a good reason for that. Um, but you know, in the same way, social media and 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 e-commerce can be both good and bad things. Um, I think marketplaces are something that I think about a lot. It's one of the reasons we started Timely in the first place, is because you know I'd worked in the tourism sector before this. Um, and seen um, with hotels how this played out. And I thought, you know, it's a really interesting dynamic that is most likely going to play out in um, the beauty industry as well. Um, you know, if we, I'm old enough to remember when you couldn't book a hotel online. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if we think back to kind of how that, how that played out, um, you know, one, it really started with flights, didn't it? We all started booking flights online first and then went to hotels next. Um, and at the start, everybody thinks that's a, a great thing because, you know, it makes it really easy to find and book some accommodation. And so, you know, all the hotels kind of jump on board with that. They see it as a way of attracting new business. Um, and they start giving, uh, you know, all of their data, all of their content and all of their prices out to these um, these marketplace websites. So when I say marketplace, I effectively mean, you know, a website that lists a whole lot of businesses, hotels, salons, spas, whatever, and clients can come along, search and find and, and make, make bookings. Um, and normally they charge a fee of some kind to provide that on a per booking basis. And after a while, like we ended up with this really weird scenario, didn't we, where you'd, wa you'd walk into the hotel lobby and you'd walk up to the counter and want to make an appointment and they would direct you to the computer that was sitting in the foyer and say, well, you, I could, I could book it for you here, but it's cheaper for you to go and book it on one of the marketplace websites. Um, which, you know, is just really strange, isn't it? In terms of a client, sure. um, client experience. Um, and that all came about because, you know, think about how those, how those uh, websites work. It becomes a race to the bottom, right? Which, mm result gets listed first it tends to be the best deal so everybody starts discounting out discounting each other um, and it becomes a bit of a race to the bottom and so it took a long time but you know if you turn on the tv now um, you will see the hotels and larger hotel chains advertising really strongly on booking directly and that's because they learned that after so 10 or 15 years of, you know, driving all of their bookings through a third party channel, um, that, that was bad for business. Um, mm. they lost control of the client experience, um, and the margins just got driven further and further down. 
And so, you know, there was, there has been and continues to be a really strong pushback in that space now where, um, you know, the best thing for them to do is to own the client experience, which includes the booking experience. It's a huge part of the client experience now, right? It starts with when they find you and when they start to make their first booking and when they make their repeat bookings from that point forward. Um, because otherwise, actually, the, the, the customer actually belongs to the third party website. And that's a subsequent result that they go to that hotel. There is no repeat business because actually the experience is with Expedia or whoever it is. And yeah. so you've lost a you've lost the loyalty of the customer. You've got a transient customer now. That's right. And you know, we need to remember that, you know, what we're competing with in terms of you know trying to win the business of our of our clients. It's not just, you know, if you're a hair salon, it's not just the other hair salons. It's all of the other things that they might choose to spend not just their money on, but their attention. Mm. Like all of our attention is, is, is really challenging now, right? There's a lot of things competing uh, for our attention and our, uh, um, and our focus. So, you know, when you, when you direct your own client base away to a, um, you know, another website or a marketplace, um, it's not really that you lose control of the ownership of that data or any of the kind of legal aspects of that client ownership, but it's just that you're sending their focus, their attention, away to somewhere else where you don't know um, what they could be being um, shown or directed or encouraged to do. So I guess my concern generally is that I spent 10 or 15 years watching that all happen really slowly, like a, like a slow train wreck um, in the tourism industry. And I think we've got enough challenges in, um, in our industry and in, in here in beauty. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to see us all, um, you know, take 10 or 15 years to go through that big long cycle. And I think especially in this, in this space, because there's a big difference between booking a hotel and uh, making a booking with your hairdresser, you know, there's a much stronger client relationship, yeah. um, between a client and a, and a salon. Um, so, you know, I think it's really, really important businesses in our space, they succeed by having repeat, loyal, profitable customers who are happy to pay for a quality of service that they provide. Um, and the margins are already tight enough, right? The margins sure. are so hard. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, we need to be careful not to uh, enter into a race to the bottom with each other. So really what we're talking about is, uh, making sure we're maintaining control of the booking experience, that the client is booking with our business um, and that we're, if we're wanting to attract new business, it's not from a marketplace that we're competing, but actually that we are driving people, traffic to our own experience and we look after them from the beginning to the end uh, and that beginning starts on some digital platform, most likely digital or social platform, through the booking experience, uh, and and owning that whole cycle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's you know, um, marketing in general for a salon is hard, and it always has mm. been. And there's lots of different ways to you know attract new new clients, um, uh, and also to encourage repeat bookings from your existing clients. Um, I guess. I'd encourage everyone to think of you know, marketplaces as just another funnel, but you need to get people into that loyalty, um, you know, that kind of loyal, repeat, profitable um, sector of your of your client base. 
Um, we all saw sort of daily deals come and go with a hiss and a roar um, a while back. Um, and, you know, there's some similarities there, right? Is that it can be a good way to get um, maybe some awareness, but at the same time, there's a lot of noise sometimes in these new these kind of new channels and um, you know, the clients that you may attract through them are, uh, might not be looking to create a long-term loyal and profitable relationship with you. They might be looking for a bargain um, and then another bargain somewhere else later on. So that depends, I guess, on your business and type of customer you want to have and, and how it works. But I guess what we've seen work really well over the last eight years with you know, so thousands of customers are those businesses that focus on you know, retention and, 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 and loyalty. Yeah, so it's having clarity around who you are as a brand and who it is that you want to attract and then making sure that you're in the places that that client is. And if it's not the bargain deal person, then that's not a great place to be advertising. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, you know, one of the, I think one of the myths that I'm pretty keen to dispel as well is, um, you know, we're a cloud-based system um, and there's lots of really great cloud-based technology out there um, today, um, sometimes people think that the cloud or putting your data in the cloud um, automatically means that loss of control, um, and it absolutely doesn't. Um, so cloud is just another technology. It's actually a safer place to store your data because it tends to be looked after in a you know in a data warehouse some somewhere where there's some security wrapped around it. Um, there's backups taken of it automatically. Um, as opposed to just you know sitting on a computer under a desk somewhere um, in the background, it could fall off and smash, and and that's the end of it. Exactly, someone could come in and pick it up and take it out. Yeah, um, yeah. And so you know, uh, a lot of the times uh, people equate cloud-based with their loss of control, and it's not about that. What you need to focus more on is just um, the the kind of behaviour and the um, the experience that, that your clients would have. Um, with whatever system you encourage them to use, whether that's you know your Facebook page or your Instagram account or your booking system or um, you know a reward system or whatever that is, just think about um, how important it is that um, the client experience they have is the one you want. Yeah. Because um, your business is different, and you'll have something about you and your business um, that you want everyone to experience. And um, you know when you give when you give any part of that away, whether it's booking or or rewards or anything, um, there's a risk to that. So I want to ask a couple of uh, things that someone that uh, doesn't have online booking, for example. Now I think for me, online booking, um, like messenger marketing, is another one that I put into the space. It's so vitally important because it is the it's the leap. It's the thing that makes people from being out there to in here, you know? Mm. They're out there on a social page, they're out there on a, on a website, and we don't have control of them. The minute they come into and connect with our brand, online booking is one of those portals. It's the, it's the leap across the chasm, right? And it is so important. So what are some of the things that we need to think about um, in terms of owning that experience when it comes to online booking? Yeah, there's lots. There's, there's definitely lots. Um, I think the first one probably is um, to get into the world of online booking when you're ready for it. Um, and um, again, it's useful to separate out using a sell-on software system and using online booking 
you know, you can put in a technology system for running all of your phone bookings and your walk-ins and, you know, the way that you're used to already working first without having to turn the tap on for online bookings. So that's something that you can do in stages, um, which is really important to remember, I think. Um, sometimes we see people are hesitant to put in a, a digital system because they think it has to come with the online booking part. Um, and there's a lot of good reasons sometimes why you don't want to turn on online bookings. You know, you want more control over your, your day. Um, you still might be, you know, your business might be new. You might have enough, enough other things to get right first before you have people being able to make their own bookings um, in your calendar. So you do it when the time is right for you, um, but you've got to get there at some point. Um, it's 2019, you know, like yeah. <laughs> people want to, people want to make an online booking. It's 2020 um, next month, actually. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit scary. Yeah, I had a, I had a yoga yesterday, and the use by date on it was Christmas Day, and I was, <laughs> I was like, "What's that?" <laughs> yes, Where we're at less than a on? month now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really interesting that it's really interesting that you take that perspective, Ryan, because me. You know, I don't own a, um, a software company, but I'm like, come on, people, let's get online booking going because your clients want it. So yes. I, I like, I mean, your clients are desperate for it. They're, they're on a digital platform. They're on a social platform. They want to do business with you mm. digitally. And I think, you know, and you alluded to this before, one of the biggest reasons that people aren't doing business with you is because purely they're distracted. You know, they're yes. making bookings on the bus, on the toilet. Little Jimmy comes running in and they're, and they're distracted. And boom, you don't get that booking. And next time they remember, somebody else, they see somebody else in the news feed and they make it with them. So, um, you know, I want to say, come on now, people, hurry up. But I actually really loved uh, what you had to say about that. And it's, it's like anything changing software, doing a, a new initiative. You have to be ready. You have to have the brain space and do it at a time that is not going to stress you out. Because it's a bit like moving house, you know, mm. implementing something new or building on a new wing onto your house. You do need to be ready. Yes. Yep. Very I mean, business, business is hard, right? Um, for sure. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I think, you know, people need to follow their instincts. And so, you know, folks will know when it's 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 right for them to start looking at online booking. Another just practical thing you can you can maybe think about is um, uh, you don't have to turn it on for everyone to start with as well, online mm -hmm. booking. So it may be that you encourage your your regular, you know, repeat customers to, to start using online booking first um, because there's no point taking a phone call constantly from somebody who you know and trust um, and have a good relationship with. Um, so that can be a good place to start as well, is to have your, um, you know, your repeat customers, give them access to, to starting to use it. And then once you start getting into a bit of a rhythm with it, um, looking at opening it up and, and trying to drive people through. But yeah, like I said, at some point you need to get there because, you know, all of the, all of the graphs that we have on online bookings go up and to the right um, over the last eight years. And, you know, everyone wants to, to um, do online bookings and that, you know, that is only, only really growing. So. Um, um, there's a couple of two other little things I just want just little tactical things I want to touch on not every staff member has to be you can turn people off I don't yes. want Jane to have access I don't want her to open up she takes longer she's new whatever mm -hmm. you've got complete control over that and the other one that um, I know people who don't have online booking are asking is can my customers see my appointment book <laughs> yes 
No, they can't. <laughs> oh, yes, that is a question we get a lot, yes. and, 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 and no, and no, they can't. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure how other systems work, but you know, with ours, it was something we did straight away because you know, when, once we started talking to the industry about um, what they needed and what was missing, it was clear that that was a concern, and for for good reasons. Um, so, and you know, a client doesn't need to see every single day and time that you have available yeah. um, in order to make an appointment. Um, they just need to see, um, you know, a spot that works for them. So um, there's a lot of options within good systems that give you a lot of control. Um, we've added a really popular feature recently, which um, allows you to minimize the gaps that you have within your day so that appointments will be made next to an existing appointment um, so that you can use your day more productively. There's nothing more annoying than unusable, you know, 15, 20 minute blocks. Um, absolutely in your in absolutely. your calendar so that that's been really popular um and i guess in general um because there are so many choices um with how you know these tech systems work one thing i'd encourage everybody to look at is the support and service that you're going to get from the provider um, not just the system itself um, everything is fine until you have a question or something's not working and you need help and that's always going to happen um, so, you know, I'd pay careful attention to, um, and, you know, it should be relatively easy to do if you look at, you know, if you talk to existing customers, what their experience is like asking for help and, and getting help. Um, you know, look at the well, support that you're going to get as well. Um, there's a good old saying, uh, cliche as it may be, is you get what you pay for, right? Yes. So, um, and I think, like you say, busy is, uh, business is hard enough. Life is busy. The last thing we want is to be left in the lurch and unsupported. When, yeah. I mean, the, the appointment book then becomes the most, it is the most important thing hmm. in a salon's world. This is what runs our life. And if we can't have our technology working and have the support when we need it, then yeah. we're really in the lurch. So um, would that be a fair comment? You get what you pay for. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, <laughs> aside from the whole marketplaces thing, the, the fragmentation is something that concerns me for us as an, as an industry. Um, and again, that's something that can take a long time and, and suck up a, a lot of our energy and attention um, if we're not careful. At the last count, we had 153 competitors, so other salon software systems. Um, and there's a real mix in there. And the reason there's so many is that it's actually quite easy to start. Um, and it was easy for us to start as well. It's really easy to start and build a sort of basic system. Um, what's hard to do is to operate a, you know, a software company like ours at scale with thousands and thousands of customers, all of the functionality that um, you know, a salon needs. And that's a never ending list and a kind of constantly moving landscape as well. You've got to always keep it up to date. Um, and so you know, my observation and part of the reason we started Timely is that very few um, of those systems were getting to that point. And, um, I think it's a real risk for the industry because I just put my, try and put myself in the shoes of somebody starting out on their own, um, doing a Google search or starting to ask around what they should use and trying to choose, um, between all of the different, all of the different platforms. Um, and what we end up with is kind of two things, right? We have these, you know, dozens and dozens of kind of cheap and cheerful systems because it's really easy to start and kind of get something out there and sort of promise the world. Um, so those, those are pretty cheap 
um, and easy to get started with. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got systems that have been around for a long time and we're becoming one of those now. It's eight years old, feels uh, feels uh, like a good start. Um, but they tend to slow down quite quickly. You know, once you start getting a few thousand customers using it, um, things get harder. Um, you're mostly trying to just hold the ship together rather than innovate and improve and add new things and be interesting um, because that's just really hard to do. Um, you know, it's really, really hard to break through to that next space. So all my energy since we started the business has been put into putting people around me who can do that, um, who can help our business do that because, um, you know, not only does it achieve my aspirations, I want to grow a really big and interesting and exciting software business, I think the industry needs that. Um, it doesn't. It's not a winner-takes-all thing. There doesn't need to be one provider that owns everything. But then, like 153 is ridiculous. There needs to be a handful <laughs> who are doing a really good job. Um, and I would love us to be one of those. But um, you know, at the moment, there's a lot of wasted wasted energy across the industry into those lots of different systems. Some some of whom won't be here. Um, for a long time and some who have been here for a long time who um, aren't keeping up. Um, I think a pretty good indicator of uh, whether or not you're choosing uh, the right software is um, number of customers. I mean, 12,000 mm. people can't be wrong. Do you know? Yes. Yep. Um, and I don't know the industry numbers, but surely you're way at the top. Like I know some that are still hovering around 1,000. I mean, 12,000 is... You were, you were at a thousand seven years ago. So um, that's got to stand for something, surely. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about the, um, you know, being in this space now is it's a real community. Um, there's a lot of sharing that happens. Um, you know, again, I worked in the tourism space before this in bookings as well. So providing booking software, but for tourism and the, the people were very, very different. You know, if you had, two jet boating companies in the same town, they hated each other and, you know, they wouldn't share tips um, and, you know, help, help each other with recommendations on product or, or technology or, you know, advice and, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, it's a competitive space in the, in the salon world, but for the most part, it's much more of a community, you know, everyone wants to see each other succeed um, and we want to see the industry overall do really well. So, that's quite different and you know, We're like just you nice say. People, right? Yes. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Um, now before we wrap up, I've got one final question for you. One of the things that attracted me to Timely in the early days, and you've not you have managed not to disappoint the whole entire time, is that you in my opinion, and always forward thinking and quite innovative. Mm-hmm. And I always think you're on the cusp of that. And so Maybe do you want to share one or two things, exciting things that you're working on or coming up, or can you tell, or are they secrets? Like, what's next for technology for the hair and beauty space? What can we expect in the future? Uh, we have some awesome things coming out in the product. Um, we're working on a rewards system at the moment, which is exciting. It's something that's been, um, you know, folks have been waiting for for a while, and it's it's always hard because you know we want to build things straight away as well. Rewards is something that we have paused on for a little while. I think probably when we worked together in around 2015, we were saying, should we get this out before Christmas? Because, you know, it's important. Um, but, you know, we've actually taken a step back and looked at how loyalty works in the industry overall and come up with something that we think 
um, will actually help people be more successful um, as opposed to just ticking the loyalty box. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, more broadly, you know, it's not just about the product and the software for me as well. It's about um, how we can use the insights that we have um, and you know, the fact that we have quite an interesting view over thousands of businesses. Yeah. So we've invested quite a lot recently in a new resource, which we called The Source. Uh, you can find on our website. It's a free resource which bundles up all of the very best of advice and insights and tips and tricks that we've gathered over the years um, from talking to people who know what they're doing like you, um, but also you know looking at the data and what that tells us because that's our responsibility now. You know, like a lot of people in the industry um, have been giving me heaps of encouragement over the last you know, five years or so that um, it's important for uh, technology and software businesses like ours to use the data that we have for good mm -hmm. and, to, and to help the industry. And so that's one of the things we're doing now with that resource. So um, that can be found on our website and, it, and it's free and we're updating it very regularly as well. So the best thing to do is subscribe so that you get um, notified when new new content is added. I'm going to put the link to that on the show notes of this podcast. So awesome. normally, as we wrap up, I would normally say, please share us an inspirational quote. And um, I love quotes. <laughs> apart from the fact that you hate quotes, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's also Christmas time. So uh, maybe a better idea is why don't we talk just a little bit about uh, wellness, self-care, moving into the Christmas period, because I actually know that this is something as a business culture, you are quite strong on. So how can we make sure that we prioritize wellness in this, what I call cray cray period? Like it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a nuts time of year, isn't it? Um, and I'm glad you didn't ask me for a quote because the, <laughs> the only piece of advice I, I ever give is to not follow anyone else's advice. <laughs> I, say, I, like, I like that. I think yeah. it's good. It's good advice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, wellness and, um, uh, well-being is something that's really important to us um, at, at Timely, like it is for all of our customers. Um, can be really stressful, you know, running a business. And in the salon world, they're mostly kind of entrepreneurial enterprises, um, and ours is as well. So, you know, starting something from scratch, growing it, dealing with all of the hard things that come along with that, um, it can be full on. So we have placed quite a big emphasis on wellness and well-being from the start. It's it's not something that you can be perfect at, um, but you can you can certainly strive for um, for improvement. Um, a big thing that we uh, we focus on is mental health, um, and that's something I think we should all think about a lot. Certainly heading into the Christmas season, which is and we know it's very very full on for um, for a lot of our customers. Um, I guess I have a general principle on mental health, which is the more we think about it, the same as physical health, the better. Um, there's a statistic that um, has been around for a while that one in five people are living with a, a mental health challenges. Mm. Um, and I think the number is much higher. You know, that, that number is supposed to surprise us, I think, to think that, you know, one out of five people. But, um, you know, my experience is that number is too low. Um, I think in the same way that we all get sick from time to time, um, we all have mental health challenges from time to time. The question is just, you know, to what extent? 
Mm. Um, and then how do we get well again? Um, how do we look after ourselves when those things happen? So um, we've recently, uh, for example, at Timely introduced, uh, well, we've renamed sick leave to wellness leave um, and increased it from five to 10 days. So um, we have 10 days of wellness leave. Um, it's not about having to categorize whether you're physically sick or mentally unwell today. All that matters is that you're not well enough to work so and you need to um, look after yourself. So, um, you know, I think the more we all um, focus on, talk about and support each other with um, our mental well-being as well, as well as our physical well-being, the better. I really like that um, approach and it is something that you're really, really good at. And I know like in the, in, when you're a, a business owner, and your team are unwell. It's mm. really stressful. And it's really easy to be frustrated by that, feel heavy with the burden that that means, you know, you have to run clients, you have to rearrange. It's a burden on everybody in the team. And it's mm. really easy to have a less than well <laughs> approach <laughs> to, yes. um, to this topic of wellness or, or, or not well because it is such an impact. Mm. So I think it's um, it's something to really tune into because you have an approach of caring for the person regardless of the impact it makes on the business. Yep. And I think that as a business culture carries a lot of weight and it carries mm. you a long way. And I think it's something that we could all learn something from. Um, mm. And if we take an approach of caring for our team, they're probably going to be less sick in any case because there's less stress uh, in the workplace and there's less tension around yes. being unwell. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. sore point for a lot of people. Well, one of the big challenges is working out where our responsibilities start and finish as an mm. employer or as a workplace when it comes to mental health challenges. Um, and, you know, I think the obvious connection there is with well-being and productivity. Productivity mm. for a business is important. Um, and, um, uh, I think one of the mistakes, uh, or traps we, we fall into is that we think that the scale of productivities starts at zero and goes up to hundred percent. So if somebody's at work, the worst case scenario is that they're not doing any work. So they're doing zero work, but they're there. So it doesn't matter. And at the other end of the scale, if everything's going well, they're hundred percent productive. Um, I think it's better to think of that scale going from negative a hundred up to a hundred because there are some times when if we're at work and we're not at our best, um, we're actually going to undo good work that's mm -hmm. done. So, um, you know, if you think about the, um, in the salon world, for example, you have a, a staff member who's there for half a day and they're in a really bad mood and, you know, they, um, have bad interactions with a handful of clients that's creating work. That's not zero yeah. productivity. <laughs> It's, it's negative productivity. That's creating work for you to fix and repair, repair those relationships mm -hmm. the next day. And that, sure. that applies to every role applies to in our company as well. Um, and so, you know, it's, a, it's actually better um, for people if, um, you know, they're not at their best, um, just to go and do something else um, for an afternoon <laughs> yeah. to get themselves well and right. Um, and, one of the important things with that is just making everyone aware that's all right. You know, like mm. that's not that's not really a criticism. 
um, because we're all going to get to a point where that's true, and it's certainly true for me. Um, I have mornings where it's just better off that I don't uh, spend too much time talking to anyone uh, <laughs> and go and do something else. So, yeah. you know, it's all it's all right. Yeah, all right. A very refreshing approach, I think. All right, thank you. We've actually covered a lot. Cool. Um, we've talked about all sorts of different things, and I know people that don't know about you already, already there's hundreds of thousands of them. Please let us know where we can find you, stalk you, and learn more about Timely and the source. Well, there's lots of places. It's a problem these days, isn't it? There's too many places <laughs> to find us, but the easiest one is our website, I guess, which is um, get, gettimely.com. Um, Instagram, we're at Timely. Um, find us on Facebook, just search for Timely. Um, but yeah, it would be, uh, you know, it would be great to help anyone out there if we can, um, ping us through a message and, um, we'd love to chat. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again, Ryan. Have a good Christmas. Cool. Thank you, Riss. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being an amazing guest. And thank you too for always being such a big inspiration to me. And thank you to you for tuning in. So I have something super exciting coming your way in the very near future, and I would hate for you to miss out. So let me tell you about it. I have a brand new series of live masterclass masterclasses coming your way at the very start of January 2020. Can you believe it? And I'm finally going to reveal my inside secrets to mastering your inner salon CEO and living a life of freedom and profit. Now, these inspiring masterclasses will give you the exact tools that you need to make 2020 your breakthrough year. And I want you to be the first to hear about it. So, I'm going to leave the link in the show notes so you can register for this exciting new series. And otherwise, I'll see you next week. I hope that you stay sane in this very cray-cray Christmas period. I hope for your sanity and I will check in with you again next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Tune in each week as we reveal the latest insight and advice on what it takes to make your salon a success today. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or visit us online at salonownerscollective.com for answers to your common questions, to follow Larissa and much more. Thanks for listening. See you next time.